0: Podcast with your host myself Russell Lee, and this week with a triumphant return,
1: Chris Bowden. How you doing, Chris? Oh mate, I'm uh, I'm much much better than than uh, I was last week. Sorry, I couldn't do it, but my throat was absolutely battered.
0: We battled through, mate. We battled through. That's the main yeah. thing. Um, been up too much.
1: Well, I was at the AGM this week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which. You know as far as segues go, is one of my best considering tonight's guest is one of the guys that help organize the BRCA. It is, but
0: before we get Alan on, on, let me say a thank you to the sponsors. So, a massive thank you to CMR Distribution, Shoemaker Racing, and Will Speed, the companies that keep us in every week and throw us some prizes at Christmas. So, away you go, Chris. Tell us who we've got from well, but the...
1: well, you've already kind of hinted at it. This week, we are talking and waiting in the wings is alan Layton, who is the brca public relations officer and does a lot of stuff with schools that we're going to talk about later on
2: wonderful evening everybody how are you doing uh, yeah i'm pretty good um yeah recovering from the agm um really good um we had a good attendance for the main agm and for the sections in the afternoon um Everybody's got their opinion and their view and how things sh- should be done, and sometimes it gets a little bit heated as 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 people do because it's competition. And but overall, um, yeah, we had a very positive w- weekend. Um, it it went pretty well. It was a new venue, um, so uh, it needed to be tried out. We think we may go back there again because it it suits. majority of our memberships it never suits everybody um we can improve we can make it better um as always we we always learn from an AGM or an event like that and there's always there's always somebody new that's got something to bring to the table and we listen and we take it back and we deliberate it and everything so um if there wasn't anybody um, that had something to bring to the table or had a concern or, or even had something negative, then we'd never progress. So sometimes um, how things come and how things turn out to be, something good comes out of it at the end. And we, we always try to do the best we can. But you work with people and, and sometimes things take a bit longer than planned because everybody wants to be heard. So, so, yeah, so you roll with it and then you work on it and you learn from it. And, um, I think we always have done, we always have done since the b r c a has been in existence,
1: yeah, I think everybody like you say everybody has an opinion, and it is okay to have an opinion. It's okay to have a a conflicting opinion um I think one of the worries this year was that some of those conflicting opinions would come out a little bit disrespectful um yes and and I'm I'm glad to say that I heard nothing about anybody being too disrespectful or being out of order at the AGM. So it it was nice to see that, you know, at least we can have a conversation about these differences of opinions rather than argument. Yeah, I think um,
2: there's a lot of maturity, as I say. The the BRCA is 50 years young. Um, And we looked around the table. We usually have an executive meeting the day, evening before and we go through things we go through our processes we we look at proposals uh we look at the context um we try and understand the uh, uh, the proposal the view uh, it may maybe somebody that we know um we we try to understand what they're trying to get across um, and and sometimes the the process kind of gets in the way what, what what somebody's really trying to ask and and that's just education that's just about people that you know, for years, I've, I've been to an exec meeting in, in my early days, you know, and, the, you know, the, there was two or three hundred people there uh, and, and maybe sometimes even more. Um, social media has played a big part in people's views today. Not always positive. Um, and sometimes things get lost in, in you know in, in the context so it's it's about trying to be have a simple process that's easy to follow and to get the wording uh, correct but there's a lot of people uh, there that there's nothing wrong with the way it was and but a lot of people want change and we we've got to try and meet them with that so you sometimes you got to try and compromise uh, where it's black and white and where where rule is a is a fact and the biggest thing is trying to write the proposal so it is a rule as it's written so once it's voted on it can go straight at the handbook but it doesn't always work that way because as you know some of the different classes can be quite complex because of how it's evolved and some classes that I know I've taken part with haven't changed in 40 years um so it's just Hiding up, or something's happened that's never cropped up before. and It's a subtle change, but can end up into being an hour debate. So uh, you'd think, well, four hours is plenty long enough. But when you get a room full of people, and uh, you've got four or five depo- proposals on the same rule, then it, you know, it gets. But we're, we're trying to, we're trying to make it easier for the members, not harder. We're not, we're, we're not sat on a table that's, you know, in a cloud and going, well, we're up here and it, it, we, we so try not to be that. And a lot of people have different views and opinions of what the association is. And the association is everyone that's a member. Everybody. It, the association doesn't exist because there's a committee. It exists because of its membership. And maybe we just haven't cracked quite how we get that message so it's so clear for everybody to see. Um, and you've got new people coming in as well so there's a lot to take in Um, and sometimes it's easy for me to talk about things because I've experienced it I've lived it I've may have helped create some of it I haven't you know I can't take the credit for you know for quite a bit of stuff that goes on um, at the top if you like um it it takes lots of personalities and people that are with us no longer with us that have played their part with that and i i just do my bit basically um and just where i think the skill set sits that's where um that's where i kick in and i do help out with other bits and pieces but it might just be a suggestion it might just be have we not thought of that but um without the membership we've got nothing to do so the the association stands still so it it, it's good that so many people i think it's it's good that they're vocal just sometimes how it's how it's delivered how it comes across um we probably need to work on it's communication and it's education um and when i first started um you know um, if I'm allowed to or say it as it is I was a pain in the ass because I'd put like 17 proposals in because I wanted this and wanted that and this is wrong and that's wrong and they went oh there's a guy that's got something about him let's grab hold of him and make him into something and there's there's quite quite a famous quote Chris Hardsey says stick with me and i make you famous and (laughs) here I am so (laughs) I can't argue with it because um without Personalities like Chris, uh, George Land, Jim Spencer, uh, Pete Winton, uh, Glyn Ward, um, Mark Jewett, Chris Clark, uh, Dave Spashett, all, all all these all Ian spashit all these people that would pull me to one side or who would stand up to me and go, "Woo, you need to calm down, and you need to put it into context. You need to do this, that, and the other." Um, they made me hopefully you know respectable officer that you know i i I stand behind the 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 badge i wear the badge i believe in the badge um and hopefully i've I've learned i know i'm i'm a better person for it because i came from a different sport which was very much um elbows and if you're going to crash take somebody with you and um and and now I feel part of something that I I have something I have a lot to give back from what I've had out of sport. So but yeah, it, it's evolving all the time and, and so it should.
1: So just just going back to say about social media and so obviously with that technology taking a big part. You also said about um, you know going through AGMs in the past where there was mm. say two hundred people. So oh, think, did you say there it was, it was a 96 you said there was there this year, this year which yep. is great numbers for recent events. Mm-hmm. Um, but how can technology help us get back to having those 200 people?
2: Well, we've had a difficult time, as we've all known and, and, and lived through, So and not been able to do as we would normally run our lives. And that includes hobbies and, and sports and stuff. Uh, and our pastimes and sometimes just to get out the house um so there's been many there's been many questions i would say over the last seven eight years at least where uh why can't we vote online um why can't we do this why can't we do that but the technology is there what we learned through COVID is by having our sectional and exec meetings online, we miss that face-to-face where we could get our point across because sometimes it is your facial expressions, your body language, your mannerisms that says the complete question and we've had a discussion where we've bought some high-tech equipment where we've had some good meetings with engagement with people who is too far to travel they couldn't make it they couldn't leave work early enough to get to the meetings and we got the message across and we got the information or the data or whatever but it just wasn't the same as sat round the table so we've gone back executive wise we we're going back to a format that we we tried out pre covid um which we think will work better uh and have a better function for the members uh, to get out the, there's a couple of things that I'll I'll come to in my role later on um, um the media side of like so we use we use facebook and facebook's so easy to use even if it's a dated platform it is it's quick and easy and so therefore people it's second nature to post or respond to a post and have a view and have an opinion and you, you know there's the there's i'm guessing now there'll, there'll be a saying for the next hundred years you should never have an argument by text because you don't get the full picture of the argument you just end up in a big rant and uh and that's that's the downside of technology. I think people are they think before they speak. When it's face to face, you get a more realistic reaction. Um, and so it's difficult to say. Well, we'll just do the AGM online, and you could get people. And I've done I've done this in the past in other online uh, engagements where it's running in the background, and you only pay attention to the bit that you want to. Yeah and I think if you attend I think if you attend an AGM I think as a member your loyalty is there you want to see change or you want to instil consistency um, you you hear everything that's to be heard in the room and then you you can make a decision um, and I know oh AGMs are so out of date well I can't just do online well I can't just vote for white one, or one. but the thing is it's alright for voting for you know, I want pink wheels or red spots. But there's we have one of the highest membership uh, that we've had in a very long time. We're, we're 8,300 members strong. Yeah. That's a big number. When I came into this role, I had a target of 10,000. And I got close once, but that took a lot of doing. To To have that high figure... And what I mean is, why haven't we got more? But a high figure, because for years we sat at about six and a half, seven thousand and averaged between 170 and 230 clubs uh, to hit 8,300 members after what we've all been through. And really, we've only just about got a full season in if you take in the outdoor as well as the indoor. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people still join their membership in March for the summer season um i think that's a real positive and the fact that i haven't been able to do shows and events and, and go out there to the public that don't know about us i think something is working and the concept of that the numbers were higher at the agm because people have come back or we've got and we've definitely got new faces we've got new members they've they've got something to say they've got something to offer so i think by having a venue that can cater for that and them in the room all together, I think is a good thing, um, and maybe if it's aired online, um, is good. I think the voting uh, online is a bit tricky tech-wise, and don't you know, don't quote me on that. I believe it can be done. Um, I'm not aware of our uh, tech level that it can be done. Um, I don't know with here. I think if we, we've used Skype before. Uh, We've used Zoom before for our meetings. We've had as many as 28 officers in an exec meeting online. And then the software starts to to play up. Um, But the tech guys, the guys that know, you know, this this, this sort of resource, know the stuff. And they know where to get the answers if they don't know, uh, which isn't me, as you can tell by how long it took me to get logged in and sorted. Um, So... I don't think you can replace a face-to-face, live, in-person AGM. I don't, I don't think you can. But that doesn't mean to say I'm not against whatever the future holds to be online, as long as we can get an accurate response when we're voting on something. And I think that's important. I wouldn't want to vote to go wrong because we're just using tech and digital um, resources so but like you say everybody you know this is brilliant this this is great you know um what we have right here right now tonight is it, it's brilliant we can talk we can get things out to our members to our racers and families and all sorts it's really really good but not sure if we're quite there yet to do this on a larger scale for an agent. i could be completely wrong but i don't think you can still beat Having what you have, as as you know, at an AGM, I don't think you can get better than that with the timescale we have to fit an AGM in, unless we change the formula uh, where we split it over two days. General AGM one day, section AGMs all day the second day. I, I, it depends on the section, depends
1: on the members. So, yeah, I mean, I know we had quite a, a lengthy meeting in the 10th the off-road, um, and I think, like you say, sometimes you know there is that hashing it out in person where you do get people. You don't get keyboard warriors. Um, but I'm I am conflicted because I think it, it would be good to have the views, mm. and especially in this day and age where you know travel costs, fuel costs, they are expensive. Absolutely, yes. Some people. And I think, are we missing out on something like, let's, for example, take the Scottish region. Mm -hmm. They've probably got four or five people up there with really, really good opinions, really, really good points and a lot to offer the general community for us. Yet, because it might cost them 150 to £200 in fuel, Mm -hmm. they they tend to not not come down.
2: So they don't feel like they're heard.
1: Yeah. And yeah. even if they have put a proposal in, if they're not there to maybe explain it a little better, as we know, when a proposal is put in, if you're in the up op- room, you get the you get the option to sort of to explain why you believe that proposal is is a good one. If they're not there, they lose that option and it's only taken on the basis of what's written in black and white.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, I mean, we could look at different formats um, sometimes it, oh, let's get it done get it all done on one day and I'm all for hearing everybody as long as it takes um sometimes I've been like I've been known to talk quite a bit because I'm very proud of what we do I believe the members should hear everything the whole story we should be should be completely transparent and sometimes I might talk a bit And if you've been to an AGM when I've had my presentation, it can go on for a bit. But I've got evidence to show for the money that's been spent for the budget that I have, this is what I've done. This is where we've gone. And this is how we've done it, Um, because I I believe it's important. But that's just me and my role. Um, So... For like you say, the Scottish region, yeah, it's very different. Lots of parts of the country, it, it's expensive, and it's dear. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it takes time and energy, and people have got families and other things to do as well. Um, I mean, maybe the it's always been set at the same date or there or thereabouts, and that's a, a traditional thing. But I think that fits into the the sections of their racing the end of the summer season, and there's not as many s- sections racing in the winter, so it kind of doesn't affect and hold up the members' racing, which is important. Um, it's possible that maybe the exec meeting is done on the Saturday. Uh, sorry, the 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 general AGM is done on the Saturday, and and it's lived. Uh, sorry, it, it's aired live, streamed live, and maybe we allow more time on the Sunday for the sections to uh, to do theirs um live also but the thing with the sections is what we tried to get across quite a few sections didn't want to come to the main main AGM they wanted their own because they were losing numbers for their own a- sectional AGMs so we tried to create and let them have the um the control of running their AGMs their section AGMs when they chose as near to the end of their season the last time I did a section AGM when I was chairman we did it a bit early but the venue and the members it, it suited the members which was important um so I got all the section stuff done for the following year I got it done really really early and so then I got everything in in time for the AGM um but we weren't doing it live, so if you weren't there, like you say, you don't get to, to hear the, the whole picture, the, the whole story, and the whole picture. Where if the sections, and this is just my view of a possibility, I'm not saying it will, I won't, not saying it, it, it won't. Um, if a section, say, they finish their season in, in October, they're there about uh. That's pretty close, I'm guessing, for most of the off-road sections and on-road, outdoors. So say if they had their exec meeting, so say touring cars are having theirs, maybe on a Saturday evening when everybody's at a national, because that's when you're going to get the most numbers, and that's that's what the, the, the their AGM's about. It's about their rules and and their, their views and proposals and everything for their racing at a national. And a lot of them have done it, and and it's, and it's worked quite well. And, you know, if there's been any expenses, the BRCA have, have covered that for them to, to help them. Um, if every section did that, which was kind of the plan, then and then if they streamed it to their members, I don't know which way people might feel about that. They wouldn't want somebody from another section put in a voting for something that they don't race. And I kind of agree with that. But... I think as members we're entitled to hear what everybody's doing as, as well. So it's a it's a bit of 50-50. Um so if they were to stream their own AGM on the date that they're having it, that might work. And then they bring the the, the committee then bring their um their voting, their proposals, their, their, everything that they've agreed. If they bring that to the exec, that would mean more people have involvement without actually having to be there. On the day, but that's that's just an an idea that is probably up for discussion. It maybe needs taken to the table. Can this be done? Um, so so yeah, that is that that might help. And obviously, um, if Scotland want to be more involved and it was streamed to them, so they do so they they've got three hundred touring car drivers or three hundred off road tenth scale uh, racers. And maybe, and the the expense obviously, um, maybe if the the sectional AGM was streamed to their members, and then they feel part of it and have a valued input to it, and then those findings are taken to the AGM. Maybe that's something that we can look at. Maybe it's easier than than it's than it sounds. I don't know. I'd have I'd have to ask if it's a case of supplying tech to the sections. Well, I'm sure that can that can be arranged or sorted. So I don't know. What do you think? What do you guys think? You know, this is just an idea.
1: I think I I, Sorry, Chris, go on. on. I was going to say, I mean, there are very easy to use um, online live voting platforms. So people are able to go to a website um, and during the committee meeting, you're able to quickly draft up a vote. It's like, do you vote? do you agree to pass or deny this? Yes or no? And then you click it up, the vote goes live near enough instantly and everybody can just click yes or no and you can only send it out to, you can limit it to people um, so they have to log in, say, using their BRCA number. Uh Um, there, There are online platforms that are out there and as long as you've got a way to not just have any Tom, Dick or Harry, you know. if yeah, 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 yeah. Say if Dave in the Southwest has put in a vote to have chewing gum used as tyres stuck to a rim and he really wants that to go, but down the pub he's got 500 mates, as long as they can't all get on <laughs> to vote it, fair enough. Yeah, I,
2: I, I do think that the, the policing of it is probably one of the concerns why it, it has not been... Um, put through before uh, yeah. I think it's about protecting the integrity of the section the officers the members the rules the rule book we want it to be solid consistent uh reliable and we want to trust it when we go racing and if we get a problem we go to, we go to the rule book and it's accurate and it gives us what we need and I think if that got um waylaid in some format because the process didn't work then um and i think it is about protecting what we do so at the at the minute we're, we're using the formula we have um it works well most of the time but we are evolving and you know the, the majority of places now have gone paperless We've got we're using less paper than the than, than, than ever, but in, the insurance insists we have to give every member a handbook. They have to have a physical, tangible uh product that you can't say you haven't had it and you are protected by the insurance. Yeah. So that's one piece, you know, that, that's paper that's gonna stay. Yeah. Um but yeah, but like the voting side of it. That, um, you watch tv all the time they do all sorts of different voting i mean eurovision whatever they they do it all electronically so i think it depends on on, on what it is i mean maybe it just needs to be tried we do it an exec meeting or or, or section level and we, we we try it we roll it out we try it and see how accurate it can be and it's satisfying for what we all want i i yeah, if we don't try it you'll you you'll never know will you so uh, and like you say if there's platforms out there that can simply just be plugged in um then, then then give it a go if it doesn't work well we just revert back to what we do anyway so i don't think there's anything to be lost by it um yeah. i shall raise it at the next meeting
1: excellent there <laughs> you go we've already put it in
2: proposals <laughs> so, so, yeah, you've got me so, working so, already so, so, what's,
0: so what's your how do you spread your time at the at the agm then do you go to specific places where you know there's going to be trouble or where you feel like you, your opinion will be valued or you can stick your You're oar Trump, in? Or... Trump,
2: Trump, Trump. I'm not a doorman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got my armband on. Um, although, uh, no, seriously. Um, well, it, it, it depends. Every agent can be different, even though we've got a process and a form, <laughs> like I said. Um, so we'll have our general meeting in the morning. Uh, we give our reports in order. We have an agenda to work to, um, depending on... See, see, on the morning, the, the general rules is about general rules and the constitution. And that, has, that takes precedent over any sectional rules. So as long as you're abiding by the general rules, and then you can tweak the section to, to the classes of racing and what the members, how they want to race, and how they want to formalise their national series. Um, Positively, uh, I think there's more sections now that have more involvement with clubs that they use for their national series than ever before. I think the communication is better, still maybe a little strained because we're trying to improve the data. The one thing we want is we want more detail from the clubs so we can send that out of what the clubs are doing. And we've we've had we've had changes with with the association. Um, I've heard comments in the past. The BLCA, it's there for national racing. No, it's not. It's there for all racing. No, we only run national meetings. Got nothing to do with clubs. But Out, down club, now, clubs, it clubs, down. Without clubs, without clubs, you don't exist. Yeah. So that's that that attitude is that attitude has changed massively. Um, where it's like, what are you doing for your clubs? Well, we just hire them and use them. No, 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 no. What do you do for your club or your clubs? Because without them, you've got no racers tomorrow because, you know, when I started this, the average age of a racer was 16, 15, 16. Now the average age of a racer is 35.
0: Yeah, exactly the same people listening to these podcasts. Hi, guys. Yeah. You're all special to every one of us. Yeah. I didn't have
2: grey hair when I came into this, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah i got grey hair because yeah. of it. No, our listening but... figures is like thirty-five to forty-eight
0: <laughs> year olds. I think, yeah, mate. that's ninety percent.
2: Yeah, and 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 I, I get quite passionate like, about what, what. What am I going to leave when I step down? What when I'm I? I feel that I am too old for this, and I don't, not not so much physically, but when my my views aren't as up to speed. And and I've had an interesting conversation with young people in work today in college. And the things that they use, and we, we was talking about apps and communication, because I'm, I'm teaching employability. And, the, and this guy was like, he, he says, oh, I'm on about 12 apps. I says, what, of all different social circles, like different friends? Uh, he went, oh, yeah, 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 12 apps. And they're all eligible. There wasn't anything dodgy about any of these apps. And when I went through them, I went, Christ, I'm on half of them as well. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Yeah, WhatsApp, and I was like, you forget, you know, this the, the community we're supposed to be better at communication than they've ever been because of all these apps, and yet it causes so much grief. We get into so much trouble as soon as we text the wrong thing. But, um, so yeah, the the the, uh, the dynamics, I think, of of clubs, sections, members, I think members are very positive at the moment. Uh, overall I think they're quite relieved to be racing and what we've discovered through Covid it's brought people together it's brought clubs together, clubs have found time to get stuff done that they couldn't get done because we couldn't have any racing um, it's given people time to think uh, and I guess a lot of us, we're fortunate we are fortunate what we've got th- gone through or got through that we're here and we're able to continue. So, and it's been tough, it's been hard. And and some people have had it harder than others. And uh, so what we have now, I think we can go, right, this is a kickstart. We could have lost everything and we haven't. And clubs have stuck together and come out stronger and come out fighting, which to me, that's what clubs are all about. It's not just about who wins. It's about what the club stands for, what it's about, the people. It's like you can go to an amazing venue with whistles and bells and laser lights and all the rest of it, but it's people that make the party. And I think that is what we fortunately have over other disciplines and sports and clubs and interests. So,
1: yeah. So, you mentioned um, earlier about getting new members in and, you know, how we do that. Mm-hmm. you're the perfect guy for that. that's your role <laughs> within the BRCA. So how do you go about doing that and when you do the events that you are going to mm-hmm. what's the what's the uptake on memberships like how do you have a, a tangible like way that you know about it? like who's actually joined because of that event?
2: A few years ago, when I started doing this. I was given freedom to. I, 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 I spent a lot of time doing a lot of uh, go and do a recce, go look at a show that we used to go to. I'll do Mike um, Chilvers, who um, I carried on from, who was really good. He'd go out there, wind, rain, or snow, and he'd go out there with his stand, and he, 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 you know, he would fly the flag, and he was brilliant, and and I admired him for his way of doing it and 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 he'd sit and talk to me and um and he he was considering retiring and he said you'd be good at this and I'm like why he says because you never stop promoting so when I was a, a chairman of 12th I'd promote it I'd boost it I'd talk about it I, I I had the passion and the drive come and join my section come and take this up it's really good we have a really good fun we have a great weekend we have a good all of that and I think that just naturally I just evolved from that as a chairman to like, well, maybe I can do it for all the sections. Maybe I can do it for the association. So when I first took it on, it's like, I need to find my feet. I need to put me into it rather than just taking something that already exists and rolling with it. So it ne- and it, and uh, Michael backed me up on this because he said, it needs to take to the next level with somebody that's got the energy. And I haven't got the energy anymore. So I had this energy. And... <laughs> I, 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 I don't know how I did what I, some of the stuff that I'd done, to be fair. I just think I had that much passion. It just kept, kept me going and going and going and going and going. I'd get to a show. Right, I've mastered it. I'm here. It's up and running. Right, I'm already walking around thinking about the next show because I've done what I need to do here. It's up and running and it's flying. So the engagement, I believe interaction is key. You can hand out flyers. You can show them a car. You can take the body shell off get them to drive one, get them to drive a car and then try and get the controller off them. And then they won't shut up, especially the young people. They won't shut up talking about it all the way home. Parents getting fed up with one, a model car, one, a model car, one, a model car, are we home yet? One, a model car that something's got to give. And if I do enough figures and do enough shows and meet enough kids, then something's going to give, and people are going to start. Oh, I need to find a model. He won't shut up about this. I need to look on the website. I need to find a, a local club. I need to find a model shop. I know what to buy him for Christmas now because couldn't think of anything before. Get him out of the house. Get them out the uh, out the bedroom off their Xbox. Blah 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 blah. So that was the kind of thing. Feed the young people. What I learned over time, and was it's got to be as easy and as accessible for the parent to take the child and that's when i kind of am i going to do that so then switching the the interaction to uh, include the parents more when we're at a show when we're live somewhere uh, have a couple of people more on the stand so you know we've got an age range we've got a balance Personality, Um, so and that worked. That worked really, really well. So we'd have, you know, a family come on the stand. You know, the kids are going to have a go with the cars, and then. But what you want is you want the parents to see. And so many times, if I could have filmed everything, I'd have miles of film. Didn't know they were any good at that. Never seen them do that before. Didn't know they could do that. And they're whizzing around the track, having great fun. Showing that they've got talent and ability that the parents didn't know about. And that's what I kind of, right, sold them. Here's the book. Here's the clubs. Look on the map here. There's a club only 15 minutes away from you, blah, 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 blah. So that's what I kind of sold. We did all sorts. We did competitions. Um, we did giveaway prizes. Uh, we had a couple of uh, uh, people that won a complete package. Thank you to, to CML and Schumacher and, and 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 everybody. And and they turned up at the next show, which we invited a club to take part in as a racer and took part in that meeting. And is still racing today. Um the, the gentleman if his name forgets me so please forgive me. He had a stand um selling selling spares at Workshop. I met him at one of the car fest meetings with his two young boys, just taking part and helping us to support a show. He's now uh, Sam.
1: Sam, Sam Mugel. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and, and like, it, as
1: it turns out, his one son was pretty damn quick. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like so. Um, I
2: think I've gone with the. I, I tried not to do complicated, but you bang the drum hard enough, enough people are going to hear it. It's it, it is one of those. And I've done all sorts of things. Steve Lander, coming to a show, what a guy. He can talk, he can be exci- He can be eccentric, he can, he can just capture an audience just by giving him a microphone and letting him, let him loose. He'd go around a show that was two and a half miles square with a model car, and the kids would be chasing this truck. He'd stand behind a lamppost so nobody could see him, and people are wondering where this model car comes from. BRCA written off. in model car racing, come here. They'd be like the Pied Piper, there'd be like 30 kids behind him following him just to have a go on the and drive. I think sometimes you've got to take things out the box to get people to look in the box that we have. And that's yeah. and, and, and that's the things we just I'll well, go with that. You know, and, and and as long as it's appropriate and it and it's fitting to the audience, uh, and the, the rest of the association, the exec members have done some mad, crazy shows and events. Um, they went to Portugal for a Toyota car release and had 30 model cars all simultaneously driving across the stage. And people go, wow. And then you speak to the average person, they go toy cars. They don't see the other side of it. But and I'm kind of I struggled with that for a long while. It's more right. than just toy car racing. But if we didn't enjoy it, we wouldn't do it. But it's taken. So, so educationally, I show the tech side and where it leads and where it can go. And then the other time, it's fun. It's a family engagement. So, I don't think I don't think I have a special formula. I just have a gut feeling, and the team that I've got around me. That when we go out to events, they share that, and then they take they take it and they put energy into it. It's it's, I don't think there's any magic formula really. If I have, if 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 there is one, I'll bottle it.
1: Trust me. So, (laughs) I mean, I think. There was a and I forget the Is it Mark? Is it Mark Joyce? I want to say that name for some reason. That just recently did um, one that was broadcast on was it the Sky F1 channel, where the guys were was it at Silverstone and Lewis yes. Hamilton turned up. Yes. And it's like, for it to, I mean, obviously, I know there was a lot of F1 guys that have a history in model sport, model car sport. Um, yeah, they
2: do. Yeah. Absolutely, they do. Um,
1: And I can name three people off the top of my head that I race with that work for various parts of Formula One teams.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It has its... um, Model car, radio-controlled, model car racing has its place in so many different um, areas. Uh, Formula One, I would say most... People have had to go with the model car. Got one still. Uh, Adrian Newey, um, I think he still plays with the model car from time to time. Um, so it has its place. And this is where I struggled. Why can't I get ten thousand members? Why am I struggling to hit that figure when everybody likes what we do? Why haven't we got more? Yeah. Um, but I think motorsport on a whole is a very well-kept secret because you can't go walking down the high street. And I know some years ago, Halford's tried it by um, selling model cars um, in in their shops and in their centres. But motorsport as a whole, um, you can't find it off the high street. And I think there's an element where um like the MSA and stuff like that, they have this they only want certain and I might be wrong at this, and I might get pulled up for it. but I think they they only want a certain type of person in their club where me, I will take model car racing everywhere, and I mean everywhere. Well, I'll take it where there's deprived areas, I'll take it with schools that uh, have had to go into academies because of the Ofsted have said that they're, 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 they're inadequate, where well, they have got no money to do this. So I'll go, I'll back the van, I'll get the kit out, put it on the table and you can have a go with it. And because I believe there's talent everywhere doesn't matter that what their background is where they live whether they're employed not employed doesn't matter whether they have needs or they're disabled it doesn't it doesn't matter everybody should have have the opportunity to have a go and that's why we came up with have a go uh, and that's why i do i do the education program and i deliberately engineered it to take it to places that don't have those opportunities it shouldn't be motorsport shouldn't be for the entitled it should be for everybody because there's a cost to it then some people are costed out of it uh but there, i've been to enough conferences meetings uh events and i look around the table and i can't afford to be here i'm privileged to being invited because i couldn't afford a ticket and this is motorsport but i'm just as passionate as the next person and some people are there just because you know because they're privileged. And I think in motorsport, that's wrong. And so I think for the BRCA, we don't have, we, we have no issues where we, we include, we're inclusive, we include everybody, no matter all, all, all walks of life. And therefore, that gives us an advantage to promote and engage and include. And, and I've taken that. And, and I think we have that. Well, I don't. I don't remember. Apart from one situation that I heard about at the weekend, which I think was tongue in cheek. Really, we've never turned anybody away, and I don't think we ever will. Um, so, and because we have that in place, because of the clubs and the members and what and what the members stand for, uh, we should go m- for many, many years operating just on that basis. Really.
1: Yeah. Now I. will I think it was a it's a great idea, and, and the way you you have been doing it. Obviously, I've I've only seen you at a couple of events, like MKGP, and um, I think you came down to one when Dudley did a revival at the Steam Fair in Yeah, Hi- yeah,
2: yeah good, so, I Good, enjoyed them really good.
1: But the one thing I did see was um, this year I visited um, France for the Grand Prix for the French Grand Prix. Okay, and the French equivalent of the BRCA yeah. had a big, massive eighth track at the F1. Mm. And they'd got whatever the French equivalent of, like, the FTXs are and stuff, that that kind of sort of not quite a racer, but a really good quality basher. Mm-hmm. Um And they were letting people have a go. And um the queues were were absolutely massive. Now, yeah, obviously, I'll bump be. into a couple of people I knew there. Yeah. They were massive. There was a way, you know... Not going to lie, I did a bit of a Holly and Phil, and spoke to some people that I knew, and I got my boys <laughs> to go without having to queue. Uh, <laughs> As you a, do, a Holly
0: and Phil a yeah, love do. it. <laughs> yeah, you know, Brilliant. a
1: bit of a Holly, bit of a Holly and Phil. But um, it was massive. Like if you wanted it, they were they were taking like bookings an hour in advance, and you were only getting three minute drives.
2: Yeah, we had the same situation when we went to Car Fests. That originally came from the idea from Chris Evans for, uh, from his radio show to yeah. put sports cars and celebrities together and have a festival with stars that were giving up their time to, um, to, to, to be there and entertain. And with motorsport and classic cars thrown in with lots of food stalls and people camping, And it was an amazing concept. And um, I did one at one particular year. And we were next door to Honda. And Honda, as a lot of the big corporates, when they're doing a show, they don't mess about. It's big. It's expensive. It's high quality. It's very shiny. um, Everybody dressed accordingly. And they've got their plan and their structure and their queuing system and all the rest of it. And we were next to them, and I got halfway through – well, I got – it was a three-day event, so I got halfway through Saturday, and I had a complaint, and I had the organiser come to me and complain. And, and I said, what's the problem? They said, we've got a complaint from another um, exhibitor. I went, really? What's the matter? And they said, um, you're making him look bad. I says, why? What's wrong? What, what do you mean? What we have we done wrong? And I'm pretty – I'm a pain to work with, and, and and my team will vouch for that. It's like when we've got the stands sorted off, right? Time to clear off, have a coffee and a cigarette, and go away. And let's get on with it because everything has to be right. Uh, I've got an OCD when it comes to show and stands, and people people know this because I want it right. I want it perfect. So it's our shop window, and I want it right. So, uh, but I do let them. You know if they think I'm doing something wrong or we could do something, but I do listen, I do listen to the team. Um, but I've got they know I'm gonna be on it, uh, just because I want it, I'm proud of it. Um, and basically, Honda, who'd got a huge, huge exhibit stand massive, they've got ride on lawn mowers and everything. As you can imagine, how big it is. Their queues were empty, they had no queue because we'd got the queue because our turnaround was quicker. Um, we're getting five people having a go for five minutes for two pound a head. Uh, all the money that was being raised were going to children in need who were at the, at the festival. They had got to stand there, and we were just getting we we got it on clockwork. We we got it turning around. The, the tr- trucks were running for four and a half hours, and then we'd change batteries, and then we'd have a couple of spare trucks. So literally, we'd rotate it so nobody had to wait for a car, and we were flat out. The key was right round the track. We got a track about 15 metres by 10 metres and all you know, fenced and cordoned off safely and everything. And Honda was empty. Nobody was at the Honda stand. And they complained. We do not wish in the future to be next to the BRCA. And and then um, I heard a story that Honda complained about the logo of the BRCA, that we pinched their font when actually the BRCA had had the font that is current now. About two years longer than Honda HRC had. So, for some reason, we're not friends with Honda at the minute. But <laughs> we blew basically we blew them out of the water. And you know what? That's, to me, that's a proud moment, and I'll I'll take that every day. So, well, yeah. And their stands, but, I know, I know how much their stands cost, and
1: their stands yeah, were I forty eight thousand pounds, and we didn't pay to be there. So, to, to coin an old motoring show, the the pokey little BRCA. With its couple of gazebos just destroyed a multi-billion dollar global conglomerate. And what was ironic
2: is I went to speak to Honda at a show. And they've would got this uh, they got this lawnmower that just keeps going around and cutting grass all day. This gets to the boundary, turns around and goes back again. And they've got this as a major feature. And they've got that, that robot going on. Oh, yeah. So I went to them and said, how would you like a personalized liveried radio control model car display on your stand? I says, I can have a fleet of Honda Civics, run safely, reliably, uh, a good experience for clients, customers, visitors, whatever. And um, we could dress it up because it's a blank canvas that we dress up. We designed the display on purpose and it could be in your colors and I spoke to this lady who was quite high up in in, in management and she was very excited and I, I gave her the process and all the rest of it what we do and she goes how much are we looking we're nothing don't we don't want money we just want to be able to put your brand your company next to our association that we are working with you to promote motoring motor motor racing motorsport engineering engagement with young people that's it. And they said all the cars would be delivered how we want them. Yeah, we'll get a fleet of Accords, Honda Civics, what, what whatever, because obviously getting a body shell is not hard today, is it, getting it done? No. And um, it never came to fruition, and we don't know why. I did it with Porsche at the Porsche UK Cup. I got that, and it worked a treat. But whether Honda thought, oh, little BRCA, they're not really big enough for us or what, I was like, Oh, yeah. you win some, you lose some. Yeah, so. It's a shame, man. It's a shame. But you know, again, another personality, the right person, the right hand handshake at the right time, and you can pull it off. With Porsche, it worked a treat. We had an amazing time promoting that, and it was the birth, You know, it was like the early years of GT12, so that was really flourishing and exciting, and dramatic. Uh, and and it worked, and, and Porsche they delivered. They gave us a, for the Porsche Cup, they gave us a thousand over a thousand pounds worth of prizes to give away to our members. Mm, that's brilliant. E, even a track day, yeah, was was like top prize. So it works sometimes. It doesn't always work sometimes. You roll, you roll with it.
0: Have you got any um, shows yeah. coming up or anything you're involved with? You do anything with the MKGP three or anything?
2: Yes, I've had an invitation. Wow. Uh, which is great Yeah. Um, as for what we've achieved at MK from uh, then it's not my idea by the way uh, the the initiative came from uh, Mark Stiles when he was chairman of 12th scale he decided to run and host a national at the MK uh, center and so we spoke about this and we talked about this. And uh, we decided to put the BRCA stand uh, at one end, uh, put the arrive and drive track as a dead spot for the end of the straight because twelfths don't hang about, and uh, but make a nice display. So it was Mark Stiles' initiative that came up with the idea and he did a top job, an absolute belting job um, of piecing it all together. And he took part in racing the event and it was a national. So he was racing for, you know, um, serious points, if you yeah. like, and he just took it in his stride, and he sorted out hotels. He he, he, he was a machine. He was brilliant, amazing, um, and uh, and he also is in Formula One, you know, yeah. as as a professional. Um, yeah. He invited me to a family day at Renault and I took the model cars there and helped out there. Uh, so great advocate for for what we do and what we're about. Hasn't forgotten his roots, and I don't think he ever will. No. Which is brilliant. So. To take MK from what it was initially to host uh, a 12th Worlds, a GT12 Worlds, to have um, an off-road um, event and now to have another one. Uh, and I always had that kind of oh, off-road, even though I've, I've been circuit for the majority of my racing, uh, off-road spe- spectacle in front of a crowd that pull in 28,000 over three days. You know, a buggy's jumping over jumps and ramps and stuff like that and and the crowd just going mental. I think it's, it's the ultimate, I believe. Uh, and This is nothing against 12th or touring cars or anything like that at all. It's just when you've got that built-in extra wow factor that people do every weekend as members and you can bring it to a crowd, I don't think it gets any better. I really don't.
1: Yeah, I think... The thing with off-road 10th buggies, it encompasses a bit of all of the best from all of the other um, classes in one way or another. You know, I mean, we may not be as fast around the corner as an LMP or a touring <laughs> car, mm-hmm. but, you know, we can we still, we can still shift. There's a turn of pace Oh, it's
2: not um, hanging about, definitely.
1: But then you've got the jumps like in eight. Um, You've yeah. got probably in terms of classes these two-wheel drive buggy arguably the cheapest to get into
2: yeah i would would, yeah i'd agree with that um i
0: Mm. decided to give off
2: yeah i mean the reason i didn't do off-road is because i didn't believe i had the aptitude to understand suspension is the honest truth a pan car and 12th drivers and so forth might go, hey, there's a lot to it. And there is, there's, there's a lot to do for very little. And they've got more technical as, as things have evolved. But a pair of dry springs with a bit of grease on a kingpin and then to have a rear pod that wobbles around and on a couple of tweak screws and a damper with a bit of, bit of lube in it. And then you do the rest by additive and stuff like that. And that's been a very crude and not probably been fair to 12th, to be honest. I could manage that to, to to go straight into off-road and talk about anti-squats and everything that's involved with setting up a buggy hurt my head basically and I was learning to drive on top so my first car I learned to drive and drove for a year was a was a Formula Formula One a Tamiya Formula One and they don't handle they to do they had they handle better now but back in the day they were you were hanging on to it a little bit especially if you didn't know what you're doing so um, now what I've looked for after doing years of two or three classes at different times and stuff, and predominantly on road, to then have the challenge of learning off-road and doing workshop and go to Midlands Raceway and 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 meet people from the Stafford days and stuff like that, and uh, Jimmy Davis going, you know, you, you know, you're still rubbish, but you're having a go, and they're having the banter. And I think the banter is... Is, is amazing is brilliant and I, i've discovered a concept and i think this is what defines sections clubs and people is there's a perception with off-road and when all drivers of all levels in off-road and we admire the guys in the a final uh like nobody else even if you uh, only met the b final it's like to get in the A and see craggy and 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 and, and, and all all these guys they're amazing they're all aware that at a given point during a meeting they're going to crash because off-road it's about recovery you make a mistake it's how quick you can recover and not go into the next corner or obstacle and make the same mistake you go wide on two or three corners in on road because of how it's evolved you could drop 20 places With off-road, it's about not making the mistake and and the self-discipline of getting round as fast as you need to without the mistakes, but accepting the fact off-road you crash. And especially outdoors, especially if you're on grass or whatever when the surface changes, and back in the day when it was all grass, so and you've got to do it twice because it's round-by-round qualifying, I think it just brings something else. And I've learned that, and I maybe should have learned it sooner um so the challenge isn't just about going around the track or just having the right amount of additive or, or or it it is about understanding that car and seeing what some of these guys are doing with the car airborne is amazing they have control airborne for that when it lands they land at the right point right apex to then complete the, the, the whole lap um so i think there's a different attitude um I don't know. There's, there's, some, there's definitely something. But to see somebody like I remember Drescher coming back from winning a Euros picking up a 12th car and just blitzing everybody at a 12th national and just going, yeah, enjoyed that. It's really good. Thank you very much. I mean, like that's <laughs> like it's like, wow. And then Dave Spashit's like looking at him going wow, yeah. And I think, I think there's only the late Phil Davis that's actually held an off-road and an on-road european title in the same year i believe yeah. that is it's like whoa you know that is that's that's amazing that you know but like, they have the aptitude to set a car up and and and, and, and oh, the, the complete package the all-rounder um and i'm not saying you know um other drivers are doing it now mixing classes and stuff uh, I think there's a difference between, yeah, I'm okay, yeah, I'm good, yeah, I'm doing pretty well, and then there's, whoa, that next level, and that needs to be showcased. That needs to be out there for the public to to, to see and witness, and when you see it live, um, it's something else. Yeah. and that, that has to be captured, and I think that's what MK does, and, and I'm fortunate to to be a part of that.
0: Are you going to be doing... Um we always call it arrive and drive. I don't think that's what you call it. Is it when you when they let the public have, have a, a go. go? The have a go section. That's arrive it. So
2: and, yeah, yeah. We call it arrive and yeah. drive. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's apt. A lot of people say, oh, arrive and drive, have a go. Um, arrive and drive is known throughout, you know, indoor corporate karting. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, as a, as a entertainment. Um, so yeah, why not adopt it? That's uh, arrive and drive, come and have a go and, See what you think. See if you like it. And most people do. A lot I have I have learned when the kids are on the track, young people, children, um, they're going round, and sometimes, and I have seen them grabbing hold of the railings, and parents trying to drag them off, and it's like you know, and it's like, well, stop him crying, go to the go to the shop and buy the car. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, please now is um, a membership form, and and then when the children aren't there that's when you get the adults come and have a go yeah the adults perceive that they're no good at it and they'll not go out there but sometimes you'll get you know i've had mums and daughters fathers and sons have a go together but predominantly the parents will or the adults will that they look at it as, as as a young person children's activity but when you get them to have a go themselves Ooh. Well, it gets, it can get competitive. But um, so, um, so yeah, I, I have a classic photograph. Um, there's a the, the motor National Motor Museum at Gaydon in Warwickshire. I've done quite a lot of activities and events for them there, school events as well, even a Saturday club I ran throughout the summer holidays, uh, building and designing radio control model cars. Loved it. i I had like two sessions a day on a saturday for 10 weeks and then we had a big big race meeting at the end when the children all went home there was a couple of retired people that were just out for a day looking around the cars and my track was behind where all the morris miners were positioned in, in in the museum and i'd got a fleet of so beautifully sprayed up by Phil Brooks, who's, who's you know, we have got some amazing paint sprayers in, in, our, in our hobby. We really have. Uh, he'd done me a fleet of Morris Miners, and he even did me a Woody. And um, and I had these cars uh, as Morris Miners. And this gentleman came up to me and said, uh, can we have a go? Now yeah, all the kids are gone. I went, yeah. So husband and wife celebrating their 60th wedding anniversary, visiting the museum, sat there and drove these radio-controlled model car, Morris Miners, around the track. And yes. I've got a picture of that. And to me, that just goes to show it is for everybody. And it, and it's, it's it's versatile. So you go from that, you go to MK, you go to whatever. Um, I, I want to get every club to bang their drum about what they do across the world. And I think the BRCA should facilitate it. And they should share it and 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 bang the drum for them as well. That's that's if I was gonna if I was gonna pack up tomorrow, if I could see every club on video, streaming, sharing with you guys, blah 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 blah. Okay, you know what? I've done my job. They're doing what they should be proud that they have. Simple as.
1: I think there's a couple of clubs in um, Stoke. I know. Ashley Patterson does a lot at Stoke Model Car Club streaming it, and mm-hmm. I know Potteries Potteries have started streaming their yeah. race meetings now. Just a GoPro on a stand connected to the to whatever, uploading the image, you know. And I think if people people can drop in, they can have a look. I know like um, and Davy Little who does the YouTube channel Little mm-hmm. Style RC. You know, yeah. there's been times where I've said oh, I'm off racing this weekend, and somebody's gone racing what, what, yeah. what are you racing what are racing went, oh, they're, they're like rc cars and they're like what like no like think they think it's things like you go to toys R Us and buy like a NACO or you know a little tyco thing <laughs> and i'm like no no it's it's proper legit oh where'd you race then and i'm like well custom know. custom built tracks you know yeah. it's and yeah. they're like what so i'll pull up davey's video of the national yeah. And I'll show him me going round at a leisurely pace, and I go, oh, and by the way, this this is a guy that's you know a world champion or a European champion or this yep. this is this is a British guy. Look at the difference, and you know they're like, oh, look at that going round a corner, and you know, I know. You got usually I'll, I'll pull up like one of the fine A finals of a national, and you can see like Neil or Lee whipping it round a you know a corner mm-hmm. and it upside down in the air and then back on its wheels. But,
2: but... I think I mean you, you say about GoPros. I found that for what I do, the GoPro isn't the best for that because a GoPro is used to being moving and it gets hot really quickly, um, yeah. and then you can't change the battery because it's so hot because it's relying on the camera moving because it's strapped to something, whether it's a motocross or a go kart or skydiver or snowboarder. Mm. Um, with today's mobile phones, I have. I have done live on Facebook at shows just using a stick, a microphone and my phone and the quality has been good enough to pass anybody any any critic I would say um, yeah. and and to me um, to get somebody particularly yes young people they need to because they know how to work snapchat and all that sort of stuff and I think that's what we need to say. I think we need to the serious side of racing has its place with the rules and the regs and all the rest of it. What's cool and what I think ha- uh, has market value is club racing, where you see all walks of life having fun, getting on with it, putting a track down, and whizzing round. I mean, you know, I-, I visited a local club that I haven't seen for years because I've moved. I'm in a different part of the country now, and they don't have a they don't have a computer or timing system they got a whistle and a set of door clickers and a piece of paper. And they've been doing that for at least 30 years. And I went down there on a Saturday night, polished, slippy floor, um, which it didn't help the fact that I had, you know, the car that I use normally at workshop, which is two-wheel two wheel, two wheel drive with an eight and a half turn, didn't do me any favours, to be honest. But I had such a giggle. I had such a laugh. And those were smiley faces. And then when the end of the meeting came, it was the end of the meeting for us as racers. The last half an hour was for any kid that turned up with a car. It was free. Go and have a go. Knock yourself out. Go around the track. Have some fun. To me, that's magical. That's so, what we're about. That's so what we stand did, for. How did, you uh, into, just, how did you I don't get into it. it? Yeah.
0: And how did you, how, how did starting racing get into get get you into the BRCA?
2: Okay, so I live originally lived in Boston. Uh, I got friends with, with somebody that had done a bit of racing at a club, uh, who's a disabled lad. Um, their, their, their family had quite a big farm and, and he used to play with his model cars, race with his model cars and have a go. And that's when I first saw one, really. Um, I had one for a little while. I had to rely on my parents to take me or my dad to take me to Freeston model car club. And it was polished floor. And the first time I raced, I got a, a manual speed controller that stuck flat out down the straight. And my car set on fire. Uh, Silicon tyres and stuff like that. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, and I, I liked it. But then that was it. I couldn't afford to do it. And I remember getting the magazine and seeing Phil Davis with a, you know, uh, a Schumacher C car and stuff like that. I still got the magazine somewhere. Uh, so I liked it. I liked I like the thought of RC radio control. I did a bit of airfix modeling and it's like, that's all right, but what do you do afterwards? You just look at it. So something you could use and function was really good. I then got into motorcycle racing and, and then I got into it quite well. And from, um, from 87 to 95, I was, I was racing motorcycles. I got, I got to super bike level and stuff like that, but, you know I was, I was I might have got a bit further maybe but the money ran out and somebody bought me for my birthday a Tamiya Formula 1 car i got it on the thursday i and but, but there was no internet back then so if you, it was just use the phone uh, i tried to find out whether there was a model car club i spoke to roy Curtin from Dudley so what was the, the model shop then it was Mike's Models in Birmingham. Okay. And um, I managed to get hold of um, Roy. I can't believe he's... I, I said Cur- it once. Curtin. Yeah, Roy Curtin. And he didn't have a meeting on. Uh, but he gave me John Robson's number. And there was a mini-nats at Stafford, which is legendary in the RC world. And uh, so I rang up and said, could I race? Uh, hadn't raced before, I uh, hadn't even got BRCA membership then or anything, so he let me race, uh, I turned up on, on the morning, I used the works van, uh, I had two packs of batteries and a Formula a Formula 1 car and a, a basic uh, Fitaba radio and uh, off I went, it got that busy, I had to sit in the foyer and have a chair as my pit table. Uh, I had to take the battery out of the works van to use to charge my batteries. And I had the the, the Tamiya clockwork charger. (laughs) Um, I went to book in. And I did the necessary, as as you learn, Um, how to book in, pay your money. And then I was told told what heat was in. I walked along along the track to go up onto the stage. And um, Joe Moss... It was a, a, a member, did a lot of work with the club, with, with John and many others. He grabbed hold of my car, just took my car out of my hand, and put, a, put, put a, a brattle, put a reamer through the, the, the wing of the Formula One car that I'd painted the night before. And I nearly flipped, and nearly lost it. What are you doing? And then he put the transponder in, which was the timing system. But I didn't know that at the time. But he didn't say anything. He just, he just took the car and put all through it. Um, So I wasn't in the best of moods. Bear in mind, I've come for motorcycle racing. Do you know what I mean? Somebody sort of starts putting a hole in your fairing. You're going to be, you're going to be having words. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so uh, I stood there and I wobbled around the track uh, with a good old fire hose as your track markings. Uh, I did four rounds in the final. I did a total of like something like seven or nine laps in the whole day because I hadn't got any bearings in my rear diff because I just bought it as it. Well, I got given it. As, birthday present i ran it as it was i didn't know it was not complete so that was my baptism of rc racing made a few friends and i was hooked and i joined dudley model car club and uh, i practiced and what i discovered is i could go practicing virtually all racing every night of the week in the midlands for a couple of quid against going to mallory parkins paying 15 pound and being able to go once a fortnight or whatever i could practice way quicker and my motorcycling days, cost-wise, was coming to an end. Uh, so I went everywhere. I went to Burton Buggy Club. I went to Tamworth, uh, Stafford. Um, I used to leave work at half past four to get to Stafford on time so I could race. I went to Dudley. I went to Central Model Car Club. Um, so I was going everywhere I could just to practice. Every night of the week, I was going. And then uh, a guy called Kim Jordan... Uh, took me to Ashby, and I met people like T. Uh, Walkerton and Fred Atfield and Wayne Parker and and all these guys. And I raced outdoors. I've never seen Ashby before. I raced on tarmac. It was absolutely rubbish. Um, and I'd bought a Tamia Can Am car, so it looked like a Pro Ten. Got the bodywork on it, and I had to go with that afterwards. And um, I found I could drive because the car had grip. So. Uh, and John T. Walkerton lent me a Pro 10 car. And he goes, you can drive. You just ain't got a clue with the spanners to how to set a car up. And that was it. I was, a I was hooked. <laughs> um, so I took up 12th. I bought a Fred Atfield Converted Associated, which I'm currently rebuilding because I found it. I actually bought it back off somebody for a tenner, and I'm restoring it. Um, and I started 12th racing. Uh, I did my first national at the Birmingham National I was absolutely rubbish I then went to Wales did national there and I was hooked um, and I found I could pick up this so much easier and quicker than doing full size racing it was accessible and it, it, I could I could afford it um, I ended up going to the uh, the AGM for 12th scale I ended up becoming the secretary Mark Dewitt was chairman and the following year I became chairman and I was chairman for seven years. And that's when I got involved with the BRCA because you get as a, a, an officer, you get invited to go to the exec meetings. And that's when I kind of learned about the bigger picture. And I was still heavily focused on my racing and results. And I learned from great people, uh, uh, good advice, and not just as a racer, but as a person. Um I learned a lot of things. I have a lot of people to thank for the person I am today, that when I came into this, I was quite arrogant. Mm -hmm. And in motorsport, I think, especially when you're bike racing, you have to be, because if you don't, you get it because you fall off or whatever. So you've got to be kind of, you make sure you come out that corner intact. And in model car racing, you can't drive a model car like that. And I I was doing, I was going into the corners, get out my way. And the etiquette that was in, especially in 12th, Uh, I learned, and I learned from people that were prepared to stand up to me and put me in the place, and and I thank them for it. Um, And I've had great laughs and memories since, and I wouldn't swap it for the world. So I have a lot to thank RC for. Um, So I progressed, and then um, I stepped down from being a chairman because I didn't think I had anything less. 12th was thriving, and I thought, the numbers are up. We can't take any more entries. There's nothing for me to do. And I should have kind of sit back as chairman and just enjoy the fact that it's easy now because I've cracked it. I've got, yeah. you know, but I couldn't. And I was just like, I've got nothing. What else can I do? So I had a bit of time out, just raced. And then I hooked up with Des Chand, who actually bought my race bike off me and eventually raced uh, the Isle of Man. Yeah. So he was leaving the RC and going to full size as I was the other way around. So. Um, he and I, I, I had a bit of a rough spell and he brought me back to RC by um, letting me have a go with an RC bike and I'd done on road touring car uh, early days, the old wide ones, wide bodied tourers and 10th IC with, with Bob Arley and stuff and he used to tell me off because I'd built it wrong or whatever in his kitchen and so, um, you know, Ashby and Stafford and everything, I did the old radio race car series, awesome, loved it um, but then I came back into RC through bikes, um, went with Des, loved it, RC bike racing, and you've been a bike racer yourself, grateful, awesome. Um, Des took some time out, and I took the role as chairman on, on the condition that I was going to be giving it back to Des, once he'd got himself sorted out, he had work issues and stuff like that. And unfortunately, that wasn't the case, uh, we lost him, and we lost him way too soon. And it hurt, and it was hard. And I tried to keep the promise of keeping the bikes going. And what he taught me and what he told me and how he wanted it to be and how he wanted it to where it needed to be. I I carried that through for as as long as I could, as long as I could. Um, And then during that time, I, Um, got talking about promotion because I'd always promote what I believed in. I'd always shout from the rooftops about 12th, about bikes, about this, that, and the other. And it got to be where I was like, I was promoting maybe more than I was a chairman. And as I got invited to shows and events that the BRCA were hosting, I kind of stepped up into doing things. And then a gentleman called Mike Chilvers, we call him Sir because he's earned it, um, was the PRO. And he was retiring and he had a word with me and he says, you'd be perfect for the role. It needs to be taken to the next level. So I took the opportunity and became BRCA, PRO officer. And then hopefully I've taken it in the right way for how people like it to be done to the next level that Mike wished for, which was to give it energy, give it a new face, give it a new look make it more interactive. And I believe hands-on and people having a go was 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 the way forward. If you could have a go, the chances are you at some point you'd take it up as a sport or a hobby. And that's what I did. And I, I, I ran with it and I ran with it and I ran with it. And I I threw everything, every ounce that I got, I threw into it. Uh, and I still do. Um, COVID took a big hit on me. Um, and but things have changed doing the big shows then and i I, I had um i had a um not sure what you want how you want to call it i wasn't prepared to pay to be at a show when we didn't have a product to sell uh i wanted to see us as something we have to offer as an engagement and we can do things by raising money for charity and we didn't have the funds to pay what Mercedes and Honda and all that were playing. Um, and it was like, no, I'm not paying for it. When that, if they get what we're about, they won't charge us. It'll be free. I'll take the rough bit of grass off on the edge rather than the prime location. And that's what I did. And we've never paid for a stand at any shows that we have done since I've been PRO officer, which is 10 years next year. We've never actually paid for the floor space. We might've paid for hotel bills, fuel, travel gazebo paid for a few prizes to give away at raffles to encourage new membership um, paid for new bodywork of the trucks or new tires or batteries we've never paid to be at a show we've never even paid for the advertising to be at a show and people come back and ask us can you come and do the same again next year we've raised lots of money for different charities around the country all different types of charities um, Carfest, one of the highlights was we was there for three days we had to reduce the runtime per go down to four minutes from five because the queue was so big and it was a pound a go, five cars out on the track from nine o'clock till half past seven at night for three days, children in need were there and we had to keep going to the Costa um, stand to give them the coins so we could have the pounds back and they were grateful of that and we raised £3,500 in three days. Really, man. and really, And so that, how many memberships we produced, I can't tell you because people came from all over the country to that one festival. Yeah. But what I do know is 85,000 people over those three days, because that was the gate, saw the BRCA. So I'm thinking... And people wanted to measure how much you're spending as PRo because I did spend a few quid because I was given a budget, yeah. uh, and they were going, "You're spending all this money. What what what's it doing?" It's raising awareness, and all we know is is over the period of time, our membership didn't drop off as much as other activities and engagements for what we what we do. So we maintained our membership where others dropped off, and if we were down seventeen percent, I'd recruited seventeen percent. Yeah. So we stayed static.
0: So what kind of numbers of the BRCA membership now? Um because it always used to be around eight thousand, didn't it? You said last time we spoke where old pe- people leave and then people come back or new members join. So where are they now with figures wise?
2: <laughs> really good. Yeah. Um, I'm slightly surprised. Um at first I was like, oh I had a, a, a little sort of. oh, right, okay. There are eight thousand three hundred, okay. and I haven't done. I haven't done a show since before COVID. Yeah, and I thought I haven't contributed because if I'd gone out there and done shows and done out and this, that, and the other, we could have maybe hit that magic number ten, yeah. ten thousand. That's that was always my dream. What I think's happened. And I'm really pleased about it. Although I haven't been as engaging for several, several reasons, you know, the, the move over here, the reasons why and all the rest of it. I haven't been as, as active and everybody's been great in supporting me and allowing me the time time off without losing my position or post, which is nice. It's great. Uh, In the sense that I have that support. Um, I don't see myself as any better than anybody else as a volunteer or an officer. I'm just, part of the gearbox that's it um but um what i think has made a bigger impact that is better for the association that's better for the membership is because i wasn't able to do shows because a lot of shows are still not operating because of the volume or whatever the cost i kept my finger on the pulse Of what shows were doing, and some shows did resurrect after COVID. Only this time they wanted to charge for being there. And if you took like one of the last biggest shows I did in probably say 2019, and it might cost us two and a half thousand pounds to take a six team of six for three days with a van full of kits, gazebos, you got hotel, you got fuel. You got to food, you, you know. You got to feed your volunteers. They they, they give yeah. you their heart. They give you the heart for you know for three days. and um, say two and a half thousand pounds for a big event like a car fest, huge event. That same event now would cost us six and a half thousand pounds for the same pitch, same venue. For what return? Yeah, three times the price. So you can imagine my budget. I do three shows and I'll be empty. Yeah. I can't justify it in my head. I can't. Um, So, But what's happened is we decided to take my PRO budget and create it into a loan scheme for clubs and help the clubs through COVID, get them back on their feet. And during COVID, they've had time to think, to make improvements, whether it be paint the rostrum, design a track, whatever the needs were that they never had time because they were racing, they've now got time to fix. Uh, and things that they'd need that we'll get around to at some point. So by having the loan scheme, which has been so successful, um, the money's kind of gone back into the membership. It's gone back to the clubs. Some of it's on loan, some of it isn't. Some of it, yeah, we'll pay for that, we'll sort that, because the money's been there. So internal PR, if you like, has naturally worked, and that's why I think numbers are up, the membership's up, and that's why I think there's more people at the AGM. I think because we've given back to our own, and we still need to PR externally. Maybe shows has had its time. Maybe my time of the moments of my ideas. um, You know that that, that things need to move on, whether it's me or somebody else. um, Maybe media has more power to generate. More awareness and membership than what I do. And I can't be everywhere. I can't cover. The, I've tried, trust me, I've tried to cover every inch of this country. Um, wh- wh- I did, I think, 2018, 2017, 2018. I did 36 shows, 35 school visits in a in a calendar year. And I found time to race. Yeah. And I'm think, <laughs> thinking, I'm looking back and going, you know, wh- where's the time gone? But yeah. I did it. And I'm quite pleased I've done it. So, so yes. Yeah, so now sitting as as you know as an exec, you know exec officer, um, I don't. Uh, I I am still a PRO for one of the sections as well, for for, for eight stock guards, which is really good. So to to be involved and still to be able to talk to other sections and other members, especially at an AGM, is great. And, and I got loads of offers. Uh, or can you come and do this? Can you come and do that? Could you come and visit us? Can you come and we've got this idea to so be part of that and maybe not have the load up on a Thursday night to 200 mile drive set up in the middle of the night or whatever, be there for three days, break down, travel back. It gives me at least a life to go, right, I can be more interactive by I'm going on a club visit. I'm going to meet these people. I'm going to race with them because I'm not I'm not one for turning up and not taking part. Um, maybe the way forward of how we we grow is is, is how I th- and and that seems to be the the theme around the table that when the big shows matters and the show we can't turn down we're geared and ready to go. But to do as many as I was doing with what we were spending, maybe it is better spent on the clubs and the loan schemes working. The clubs are very very happy. Um, you know, I'm all for giving. I want every club should have a BRCA banner and we pay for it and the banners aren't cheap uh, but my intent is what else do we give to the membership what else do we offer to the club that we give Um, so times are changing we need to move with them so and I'm, I'm happy to be part of that process.
0: Brilliant, mate. Well done. Um, thanks for your time tonight, mate. It's been, it's been really good to talk. I've um, got to ask you the famous question now, dude. Um, we have invented... I don't know if invented is the right word, but anyway, we've got an RC Hall of Fame. Um, is there anything you'd like to put in there?
2: Yes. I think one of the most honourable and memorable, time, memorable times as an officer a member and a racer. That, so if I said the whole package, um, I'm going to be cheeky and say established officer. I, I, I didn't just turn up, I, 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 I cut my teeth. I'm going to say for those that have done everything for me, given me what, what I needed, what I am today. On track 98 at Teesside, the world championship for 10th, Uh, Pro 10, the first major touring car event, and 12th, which was my first love in in, in, in RC, for everything that OnTrack did, what it had, what it gave, and what I have, and what I learnt, and and what I became officer-wise and everything, and to be car one, heat one, and, and the first the first car to, to fire into action to launch and walk, and walk out the team as you know as chairman and team manager on track ninety eight. It don't get any better. It, 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 it tops it for for me and for and for everybody that was involved, everybody that took part in that, and to be, you know, uh, right from the birth of it to it happening to it closing uh, on track ninety eight is hall of fame. It, it, it should be up there and in there. Nice one! Um, do
0: you want to thank anyone before we let you go, friends, family, sponsors?
2: <sighs> I'd like to thank the executive, the membership, the association as a, 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 as a whole for what it's allowed me to do and what's given me the opportunity to to try and improve it and be part of things. Um, yeah, um, just everybody that knows me, the friends that I've made, even some of my enemies that have become friends because we mellow with age. Um, as 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 being, I wouldn't swap it. I'd just like to say thank you, and um, hope I'm welcome to 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 do more. Really, that's it. Thank you, just thank you.
0: Perfect. Do you want to thank the sponsors, Chris?
1: Okay, uh, I can do. It's a big thank you as always to Schumacher Racing, to CML Distribution, and to Will Speed RC.
0: Perfect, and our first thank you to the listeners, guys. Thank you very much for getting involved with our Car Crash a podcast that we lovingly produce for you every week. Don't forget to like and share. If you do like and share, you're going to be the chance of winning a prize at Christmas with our special uh, Christmas guest. So that's it, Chris. See you soon, buddy. Hopefully um, we, we'll have both raced this weekend, and we'll have something to talk about next week. Um, and Alan, thanks for coming on, mate. You've been epic.
2: Thank you very much. Really impressive. Top work, guys. Keep, keep going, and uh, any time you want any help, just uh, you know where I am. You know where to find
0: it. Cheers, buddy. See you later, okay, Cheers, buddy.
2: Run. Thank you. Bye. Bye.